Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter, and I will be sharing verses 21, uh, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. Chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, he being Jesus, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you they will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it guides us, inspires us, corrects us. Lord, may we open our hearts, our ears, our minds, our hands, and our feet to what you would have us to take home this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Warning signs are good, aren't they? They're very good. Wow, y'all got quiet. <laughs> and I think for that reason, um, warning signs are very important. So instead of y'all listening to me for a little bit, I'm going to ask you guys. This is an audience participation Sunday. I want you to share with me some of the warning signs that you know about or can think of off the top of your head. Some warning signs. Stop. Do not put the child in the microwave. 
That is a very important warning, if they would fit. Who said something back here? Slow children at play. No smoking around gas. That's a whole other story one day I'll share when I first saw that sign. What's another warning? Where else is another warning? Do not enter without a mask. Oh, how very appropriate and timely for this time. What else? What's some other warnings? Smoking can cause cancer. Smoking can cause cancer. Amen. Don't feed the animals. Don't feed the animals. Okay. Don't get in the cages with animals. Don't get in the cages with animals, most definitely. What else? Beware of dogs. Beware of dogs. Okay. What else? How many of you have warning lights on your vehicles? How many of you pay attention to those warning lights in your vehicle? <laughs> you can make it another 50 miles without getting gas. I'll be able to coast till I get my oil changed. Blue light in your rear view mirror. Blue light. Oh, huge warning. Blue light in your rear view mirror. What about the warnings for your health? What are some of those? Cane. Oh, pain. I thought you said cane. It's relevant. <laughs> what else? A black mold. A black mold? Ooh, very good. What's another warning sign for your health that we get sometimes? Headaches. Okay. What else? Persistent cough. Persistent cough, says the, says the pharmacist. Absolutely. He's probably hearing a lot of that right now, aren't you? <laughs> so... Warnings are important. Our health warnings tell us that our bodies aren't quite functioning the way they should be, don't they? There's just some things that we're supposed to pay attention to. In our scriptures this morning, there are also some warnings, and if you go through the Bible, there are many warnings in scriptures. I'll let you look those up for yourself. But God has given us warning signs. Why would God give us warning signs? So that our walk with him would be more meaningful, would be more helpful and helpful. This morning, Jesus in our scripture is doing a teaching with his disciples. And he is sharing with them some of the warning signs that they should take note of. These are signs and events of things that will happen before his return, before the second coming. They are the things, some of them, that we see happening in our world today. These things are not a coincidence. They are God's <coughs> warning signs to us. And so again, they are warnings that we need to pay attention to. Jesus specifically warns us here in our scripture today about three very important dangers. Dangers, again, that we are seeing and living through even today. 
The first thing that he warns about in verse 8 is watch out that you are not deceived. Watch out that you are not deceived. And let me tell you, anyone can be deceived. Anyone can be deceived. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was warning them that they needed to be careful. So how are we to be careful so that we are not deceived? We have to know the truth. We have to know the truth. Satan will use any and every measure at his disposal to deceive us. And that's you and I and the world included. So we need to study the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God and not just take it for granted. 1 Corinthians 10:12 says, so, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Don't think that you know all there is to know about God's Word. Because let me tell you, every time I read God's Word, I discover something new for me that is relevant right now and today and had I stopped reading God's Word way back then I can promise you I would not be standing in this pulpit today so studying God's Word is important is important scriptures tell us that there are going to be false teachers there were false teachers in Jesus' day beyond. There's false teachers today. Usually it's the voices that holler the loudest, look at me, I am the way. Beware. Beware. We have to be serious about hearing God's word, about learning and studying God's word. We have to know the true Christ to be able to know the false Christ. I don't know if we've had anyone in here that has ever been through FBI training. But in the FBI, when they are training their unit on counterfeit money, now you would think, I would assume, that when they do that training, they show them all the tricks of the trade, all of the things that the counterfeiters used or use and continue to use to make counterfeit money. I was wrong. What they do in their training is they train their agents to know the real thing. They study the real thing, the real money. They learn the feel of it. They learn the look of it. 
everything there is to know about our currency is what they teach their agents over and over and over. There was an agent that was interviewed and he said, we get to know the real thing so well and so thoroughly that it's easy to spot the fake. Think about that. We get to know the real thing so thoroughly that it's easy to spot the fake. The key is the knowledge of the truth. And that's why it's so important for us to read God's Word, to hear God's Word, to study God's Word, and to memorize it. Now, I have said for years that I wasn't a big proponent of memorizing Scripture just for the sake of memorizing Scripture. And my thinking is, what good is memorizing the scripture if we're not taking it into our hearts and it's benefiting our life? But the memorization of scripture is important. It's important. That's why going to things like Bible study and Sunday school is so important. Any opportunity you have to study God's word to hear it, we have two of the most amazing Sunday school classes here at Red Ridge. We have a class that meets before church, and we have a class that meets after church. And those two classes, they don't just sit and listen to the teacher spout out the lesson for Sunday. They have audience participation. You have the opportunity to ask questions, to state your opinion, maybe even to disagree with each other. But they are getting into God's Word on more than just a surface level. And that's important. And I dare say that is happening in our Bible studies that we have here at Red Ridge as well. Because let me tell you, Satan is working very hard, very hard to deceive. So we must work even harder, even harder at learning God's word. We can't fall into Satan's trap. His strategy through the years hasn't changed. You remember the Garden of Eden? You remember how he deceived Adam and Eve? And later on, do you remember how he deceived Jesus in the wilderness before Jesus began his ministry? Satan has not retired and gone away to some far country. So Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us, do not be deceived. Only the Word of God can give us the strength that we need. 
Second thing that Jesus warns his disciples and us, and we've heard it before and we will hear it over and over and over, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Verse, 19, verse 9 says, When you hear of wars and resolutions, don't be frightened. He's letting us know here these things are going to happen. They're going to happen. And people are going to suffer. And people are going to be persecuted. That is just life. And it most especially is life as a follower of Christ, as a Christian. This will result in your being witnesses to them. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. He warns us, bad stuff is going to happen. Be ready. Be grounded in God's word and in your relationship with God. Jesus encourages his disciples to remain faithful during these times. Because what these things do is they give us opportunity. What's that old saying? I don't even know who came up with it. Probably some preacher somewhere. If you don't have a test, you won't have a testimony. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> there are going to be hardships. Be ready. Be ready. The third thing that Jesus warns is don't be distracted. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on my own toes here now. Don't be distracted. Verses 34 through 36 says, Take care that your hearts aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day -day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly like a trap. It will come on everyone who lives on the face of the whole earth. Again, that's just life, living here on the world. There are going to be things that are going to take our minds and our focus off Jesus. And I don't know about y'all, but the older I get, the easier that seems to get. Do not be distracted. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus describes people like in Noah's day. Hear these words. People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They were living their life to the fullest. 
but they were living it so well, they got distracted from their purpose. If you remember the story of Noah, people laughed at Noah. He's building this great big old boat for this great big old flood that's going to come, and they thought, you're ridiculous. It will never happen. They refused to believe all of the things that Noah was telling them. They refused to believe that a flood would cover the world and take them with it. Year after year, faithful Noah continued to build his boat. And year after year, the people continued to laugh. <coughs> until. Until that day that the heavens opened up and the rains poured down. And the earth was flooded. The earth was flooded. The people ignored the warnings. Don't know that it's that much different today. People ignore what the preachers preach, just like in Noah's day. We live in an age of skepticism where we don't even trust the words that are coming out of our own mouth, much less words that come out of someone else's, much less the words that come out of God's preachers. People are complacent today. We've lived so long looking for the second coming. Are we not like those people in Noah's day? Oh, we talk it. God's coming back. Look at this sign and this sign and this sign. We're real good about pointing out the signs. But are we living? Do we really, we, are we living like we believe those warnings? Are we living like we know that he's coming back? And what does that look like for us? What does that look like for us? God is shaking up the world today. Yes, he is. He's trying to wake us up yet again. How many times in a broadcast, in any given day or week, do we hear about famines? Do we hear about droughts? Why, just a couple of months ago, we were hearing about the horrible, horrible wildfires that were out west. While over on the East Coast, it was flooding. Up in the North, it was snowing. Will we be found faithful? Or will we be like those who are eating and drinking and living our lives, not paying attention? to the plan of God. Noah spent 120 years preaching and working on the ark. Did you know that? 120 years. Well, folks, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we ain't got 120 years to do that. 
So maybe the question for us becomes, do we have 12 years? Do we have 12 months? Do we have 12 hours? Would you be willing before Christ's return to offer your life up in the service of God? Maybe even 12 minutes. We do live in a fast world today, don't we? 12 minutes. To not be distracted from our purpose as human beings. To invest our lives in God's work. Because let's face it, we've pretty much screwed up our own. <laughs> it's time to do, thing God, do things God's way. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. If you have not turned your life over to Jesus and received his salvation into your life, admit it. Admit that you're lost and your way was not God's way. Pray and invite Jesus into your hearts. Be reconciled to God and His way before it's too late. As we come to God's table this morning, I hope that you will take the time either in your seat or here at the altar to talk to God. Put your trust in His Son, Jesus. And maybe more than anything else, to heed the warnings that are so openly available here in God's Word. Let us continue.